0: Gracious God, help us to follow your way of the cross, which is the way of life. Amen. This Holy Week, we continue to consider the different ways that we might approach the cross. The cross is something like a gem that shimmers differently depending on how the light hits it. Tonight, by focusing on the reading from 1 Corinthians, we see that the cross subverts all that we thought that we knew about the order of this world. We all have things that we take for granted. That the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. That the next election will be contentious. That we will drink a cup of coffee tomorrow morning. Things that we take for granted are based on things that we have observed over and over again so that we no longer even need to think about them. We just assume that they will happen. Well, one of the things that we take for granted, and this was true not only in St. Paul's time, but also in ours, is that power goes to the victors, that strength is seen in triumph over enemies, that the winner is the last one standing sure we love to watch an upset in sports and it's it's exciting when the favored team loses but over the long haul the winner is always the biggest fastest strongest and most well-financed this is just how things work and so we take it for granted that we know what a winning recipe looks like but the cross explodes those sorts of assumptions. As we heard, the message about the cross is foolishness. The word that St. Paul uses here for foolishness is moria. It's where we get the word moron. There is nothing polite or subtle about this. The cross is utter nonsense, to, believe, to be believed only by morons. The cross flies in the face of everything that we have ever been taught and every pattern that we take for granted. But because we are just so used to seeing the cross in churches, tattoos, art, and jewelry, sometimes we miss the shock of the cross. The cross is a shameful and repugnant symbol of death and execution In Deuteronomy, we read, cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. In any other context, the cross would be seen as something offensive and inappropriate. Actually, when we first introduced that crucifix in Lent several years ago, it was met with some resistance, resistance of exactly the right kind. Several people told me that they were turned off by that crucifix they didn't like seeing a body on the cross they said it made them feel uncomfortable well that's exactly the point yes we interpret the cross on this side of easter but the cross remains an instrument of torture and degradation the cross calls into question and subverts all those things that we have taken for granted about what power strength and victory are all about Now, as we all know, when we take things for granted, it means that we can miss new learnings and new opportunities for growth because the cross shows us the grain of the universe, the direction in which things are running. And what we see in the cross is that love is stronger than death, that vulnerability takes more courage than authority, that power is found in being resolute, more than it is in being strong. That winning comes through faithfulness, not through domination. And when we live with these things as our central truths, we are put in alignment with God, and we will find that the way of the cross really is the way of life. If the cross reveals to us the epitome of truth, goodness and beauty, and we believe that it does, then everything about our modern society is upended. Our priorities are shifted from trying to have more and be better to trying to be obedient to God and open and vulnerable to love. Our focus is no more on trying to get to the top, but rather finding the blessings and the joy of humility Our values are no longer about trying to make our name great, but rather using our lives to point toward the one through whom all are given abundant and eternal life, Jesus Christ. In the gospel, John the Baptist at one point says of Jesus, He must increase and I must decrease. That is the subverting power of the cross. It shames and subverts the broken and sinful order of this world, and it points us toward the unfathomable and inexhaustible love of God. And this is why St. Paul writes, as we heard, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. What we are proud of is reoriented by the cross, because those old assumptions that we had about power and victory are exposed as temporary, and partial. Now sure, if we want to, we can play the real life game of monopoly, try to amass a fortune. And even if we succeed in that, when we die, the money will not be ours anymore. We can live for pleasure, but all the pleasure in the world will not fill that void of emptiness that we carry in our soul. We can get all sorts of awards and achievements But even our own family won't remember our name in just a couple of generations. No matter what we have to boast about, it's all vanity. In reality, our modern sensibilities are the ones that are foolish. And so the cross is God's way of shocking us and awakening us to true wisdom. This does not, though, mean that the way of the cross is an easy one to walk because the world that still lives by the values that put Jesus on the cross will think that we are strange. So when we do things like have obedience or humility or mercy or love, they will be seen as foolish. We will likely be seen as fools for living in such a way to be oriented towards the cross of Christ. And so we pray on this Holy Tuesday that God would grant us the courage and the grace to align ourselves with the folly of the cross. And we ask that the Spirit would meet us in following so that we might have that peace that passes all understanding, that we might keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of Christ crucified.